Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Two games in the NHL. Bruins and Maple Leafs scoreless after the first. Also after the first, Hurricanes up 3-1 on the Sabres. Your favorite conspiracy theory, 780-496-0063. Hit me with a couple, Kellen. Yeah, a couple of quick ones here. Our old buddy Matt Nicolver texts in and says he can confirm he's done some research with the birds aren't real conspiracy theory. Uh, every bird that he has has shot in the culvert has been <laughs> real. He has yet to find a camera so far. So oh my there goodness. we go. I feel like Matt in a culvert, his handle itself could inspire some conspiracy theories. <laughs> exactly. That's Which culvert? A, that's a beauty. Where is this culvert? You know? <laughs> uh, and we have an unknown text coming in and says uh, that their favorite conspiracy theory is Throwback Thursday, where you upload old photos of yourself, and it's a CIA plot to train their AI technology and facial recogni- recognition against aging. Oh, I'd never heard that one before. That's a good one. That, mm-hmm. There could be something to that. There okay, we we'll we'll try to dive. Well, we will dive into that a little bit more later on. But we got to get to this gentleman. Used to play for the Edmonton Oilers. Played goal in the NHL. Now back in Edmonton. Ben Scrivens is on the line. Ben, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm doing quite well. It's good to talk to you. Of course, we ran into each other. Uh, time kind of loses all meaning during the season. I want to say two or three weeks ago at the. <laughs> <laughs> the kickoff for minor hockey week and I've, I've always enjoyed talking to you over the years so it was great to see you there and i i think i said to you hey man i'm gonna bug you for a longer appearance on inside sports so here it is you're you've officially been bothered <laughs> yeah you're you're a man of your word if nothing else hey eh, reed yeah yeah exactly well you gotta follow the see I, but the players the, 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 i think the guys who play now as long as you're straight with them, right? I don't know what your relationship was with media guys, but I always felt like when you played, if I'm straight up with Ben, if it's a good game, ask him about it. If it's a bad game, ask him about it. Just deal with it and move on. That's what I, I, I always felt you were with the media guys. Yeah, I, I generally had a good relationship with most of the media guys, uh, guys and girls, I should say. Um, it uh, It is true. People just want to be treated with uh, – treated with – feel like they they're being treated with respect and uh to a degree on that end like if you play terrible and someone's like oh it wasn't that bad then that's not very respectful either right like people people respect honesty and and to be honest with somebody uh shows a level of respect that they can take it so um and in both ways right like you're you're not blowing smoke uh when it's when it's unwarranted but when it's warranted you know you're not you're not always trying to take the negative uh, approach towards it and bring them back down to earth, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I, I found that I generally had a good, good relationship with, uh, with people in the media, uh, and they treated me fairly by and large. I mean, I'm sure I could find a gripe here and there, but yeah. who, who wants to listen to that at this point? <laughs> uh, you, you make a good point though. Cause sometimes I get asked that 
is it uncomfortable talking to players about a bad game or asking a player about a bad time in his career or whatever like that? And I always think, well, look, if a guy's minus four and scores on his own net twice, and I only ask him about the assist he got in the second period, he's going to think I'm an idiot. Like it might, he might not enjoy talking about having a bad game, but but guys know when they have a bad game, and I, most players probably know what they're going to be asked about after most games anyway. So just I figure, just ask and get it over with if you're in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I I don't envy the role uh, that you that you have, Reed. Where um, one of my one of my few complaints about the media in in general, um, and it's not a complaint about uh, the people asking the questions. It's that you play 82 games throughout the season. Uh, there's highs and lows, ups and downs. Seemingly everything happens, but also nothing happens, right? It's it's a game of mistakes and someone has a good good game here and there. But the, the analysis of it, the questioning post game, it follows a similar trend and they, you end up getting to a point um, early in the season, late in the season, where you just are running out of things to talk about, running out of questions to ask, running out of, of angles to take on a certain player, whether they're having a good season or a down season or a hot start or a slow start. Um, and and then some of the fans get, oh, wow, it's, you know, the players just uh, gets, you know, it's just cliche answer after cliche answer. Um, some of that is it's cliche question after cliche question. But that's not an indictment of the media. It's just you're you're analyzing the seemingly the same thing over and over again, right? The teams are trying to go out there and play the same breakout day in and day out, right? They're not they're not throwing new breakouts every other game, uh, maybe like you would see in the NFL where they're changing entire defensive schemes depending on the quarterback they're playing in the next game. By and large, hockey is uh, a wash, rinse, repeat approach where the better you can get at the efficiency of your systems, the better you're going to play, how that impacts the media. You end up having to ask about the same breakout seemingly 41 times uh, a year at all of their home game uh, media availability. So, um, it, you know, it's just a nature of, of the sport uh, and a nature of media, uh, you know, the, the limitations as far as uh, the ways in which you can ask about the same thing. That makes I, sense. I, you're, you're, you know, you're a very intelligent young man, and I, and I've been through that, right? Where it's like, okay, what am I, what am I? Like even last week, they played one game, right? They went from Saturday to the next Saturday with one game. They're playing pretty well, you know. Okay, we've profiled Vinny DeHarnay. We've talked to Skinner ad nauseum about the All Star break and the kid, you know, like you know, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, what am I going to get today? So you understand it from both sides, which which is nice to hear. Okay, so I'm going to endeavor to ask you about some things we haven't talked about before today. In that spirit, uh, that's good. Yeah, uh, you spent uh, about five six years in the NHL all-star break what did you do and was it ever long enough <laughs> um well i i've really uh i don't always give the nhl the credit it deserves as far as an organization and i think what they've done in the past few, few years has really been a, a novel approach and a great approach where they give some of the teams the the week off leading up to it and they give the other half of the teams a leak the week off after it so the fans aren't sitting here with this uh this void this abyss that they've got to try and uh fill with with nba games or whatever other sport they're trying to to uh get their fix with um so i think the nhl has really done they've they've found a, a model that works really well uh so kudos to them we're we're not stuck too long without any hockey whatsoever 
Um, they're trying to make the uh, the all-star game itself much more enjoyable. I think they've done that uh, kind of from that John Scott three-on-three year kind of going forward. They had some interesting stuff, despite what Sean Avery says. They've had some interesting stuff uh, the past few years as far as uh, – you know, trying to not just be a, a game, and that's that's the only thing. Trying to showcase uh, some of the personalities of the players, um, and now it's a little bit on the players to showcase their own personalities. But uh, I was unfortunately never never participated in an All Star game at the NHL level. It's I think we went to I think we went to Mexico one year. Um, I think we went to uh, now, you know what? All these questions are going to be tough because I have probably the worst memory <laughs> in, in all of the alumni. Uh, I, I want to say most of my stuff was just like getting away from the game, um, trying to like take care of the, the stuff that you have to put on the back burner throughout the season. Uh, whether it's like, just like the sort of inane, um, uh, errands that you have to run, right? Uh, keeping track, uh, people that you have, that you've been neglecting, trying to, you know, make sure you're maintaining relationships, those types of things. So you would try to go someplace warm, but I was talking to a colleague yesterday and if people pay attention to some of the Oilers social media accounts, you'll see where some players are. If you're not interested, I'm not going to bother you with that, but you can't like, you you can't really go to Europe, right? Like that, that'd be a little too much. You got to kind of go Mexico, you know, Florida and South places like that. You can't like, you can't go somewhere too much of a time change, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want. You just have to recognize right. <laughs> some pressure on you to perform in that first game back. Right. Uh, generally you're not asking permission if you're going to go uh, do something like that, but really most guys are, are trying to, um, uh, get away and just like refresh mentally. That's, that's the, the biggest uh, thing that guys are trying to do. I'm pretty sure I went to Denver a couple of years. I had a house down there. Um, so just like got, got out of Dodge a little bit and, uh, and just hung out in, in familiar, uh, surroundings. Um, the unfortunate part, I always wanted to go skiing, uh, taking a ski trip. Cause we can't ski like in our entire career, ski or snowboard our entire careers really um without it being a huge huge risk i think every agent out there <laughs> warns their their clients uh, explicitly against uh uh doing things that could uh that could impact their their contract status going forward um but a ski trip always seemed like it would be uh you know, the most fun way to spend an all-star break uh but maybe that's the the grass is always greener uh, approach where it's the one thing you couldn't do. So that's, that's the thing that you, uh, that you crave to do a little bit. I know I took a ski trip, uh, that first winter, uh, that I retired. So, uh, it was enjoyable. Uh, I, I, I think maybe I was onto something that, uh, skiing would have been the, the primary, uh, primary all-star break trip. All right. Sounds good, Ben. We're going to get more here with Ben Scrivens inside sports on Chet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Ben Scrivens joining us tonight on Inside Sports, former first NHL goaltender, had a stint here with the Edmonton Oilers as well. All right, so uh, another part of your career I want to dive into. Uh, Cornell University, you went there after playing in the AJHL. Of course, a league I covered uh, extensively earlier in my career too. Tell me, uh, how'd you get recruited? First of all, like, were you were a lot of schools after you? What was that whole thing like? 
Um, I was, I got pretty fortunate. So I, I bounced around my first year in the AHA, uh, started in Drayton Valley, got traded to Calgary. Uh, my, my cousin, Matt was playing for the Canucks at that point as a 20 year old. So I think they, uh, they weren't solid in their goaltending and, uh, he threw it out to their, their coach and, uh, they ended up making a trade for me for futures or something like that. Uh, so I spent the rest of the year uh, down there living with my grandparents, uh, working in a warehouse in the morning and then trying to play hockey very ineffectively in the afternoon. I, I realized I, I couldn't do both and, and be all that successful. And, um, you know, my, my grandpa was a, a hard worker through and through. So he, he never, I don't know that he never believed that I was going to make it, but he was a pragmatist in that like, no, no, you're going to, you're going to work here if you're going to, you know, if you're going to play, you're not going to hitch all your, uh, all your horses to that wagon. So, um, and then I got traded to Spruce Grove that following summer. Um, and that was, I, we started out really strong in Spruce that, that season. Um, and it wasn't until that year that I really had any sort of interest from schools. Um, Mark Hollick was our, our coach in Spruce Grove that year. He ended up getting named to the Team North, the AJHL Team North for the Viking Cup, which uh, has now morphed into the World Junior A Challenge that they, they hold uh, each year now. Um, so I played in the in the Viking Cup, and that was where the assistant coach, Scott Garrow, uh, for Cornell at that point, uh, he saw me play. Uh, he ended up giving me a shout a week or two after the tournament and, and offered me a spot. So Cornell was, was the first school that gave me any offers. Um, and, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I wouldn't, I don't even want to say I'm an intelligent guy because I, I, I don't have, I don't hold that view of myself, but when an Ivy league school comes, uh, knocking at the door and says, Hey, would you like to, would you like to be a division one athlete here? Um, it, it doesn't take, uh, all that much thought to, to look that through and say, yes, it's a pretty good opportunity. I'm going to take it. So, um, I didn't have a ton of schools that were looking for me. I'd talked to a few, but, but Cornell was the first school that, uh, that offered me a, a spot on their team. Okay, so tell me a little bit about, I mean, you mentioned Ivy League school. Um, you, you know, it's in, uh, how far from Manhattan is it? Uh, so uh, Cornell is in Ith Ithaca, New York. Um, so it's about an hour, hour and 20 minutes southwest of it, of Syracuse. Okay. So it's, up, yeah, it's upstate. So you're a little, bit, you're a little ways away. Okay. Yeah, they had a campus, a campus to campus bus that ran so there's a, a medical school in in new york city called the wild wild medical center or something like that um and so they had a campus to campus bus that took i want to say four hours maybe four and a half hours uh but uh there were uh, there was no shortage of students who preferred going uh, down to the city for a weekend as opposed to staying around College Town in a in a uh, a podunk city in in upstate New York. <laughs> so, so how did you find the the campus life? You know, obviously older school, uh, you know Ivy League, probably a lot of tradition. But what was it like being a student athlete there? Uh, it was great. Uh, the hockey program is uh, is rich in tradition there. Um, if anybody's interested, there's uh, numerous YouTube videos that highlight the the crowd at, at Cornell University. It's uh, widely regarded as as one of the best, if not the best. There's some um, some variation in opinion depending on uh, who you're partial to. But Yost Arena in Michigan has some um, has some 
points going for a hit. Uh, I think Arizona State has uh, a pretty decent uh, uh, turnout for their games now. But Cornell has uh, has a, a fantastic support system, both within the, the city of Ithaca, the townies we call them, and the student section, um, you know, pep band, all sorts of cool stuff uh, and cool, cool traditions that, uh, that go on throughout the game. Um, my dad always likes telling the story of uh, of his first game there and he couldn't figure out why everybody had newspapers and they uh what they would do is during the starting lineups they would uh announce uh the other teams line up first uh and during the lineups everybody would hand out newspapers and hold it in front of their faces and shake it and ruffle it and make some noise and chant boring boring while they're announcing the other team's newspaper my dad uh or announcing the other team's starting lineup uh my dad always uh got a, a kick out of that one so um so yeah we had a lot of support for the program uh obviously uh uh worked well for me as far as propelling me into a professional career uh off ice um someone told me early on that you can you know, either have a really robust social life you can party you can do all the the college things that uh, they make all those movies about uh you can have a um a good uh, athletic career so you can put a lot of time and energy into that and succeed off uh, or on the ice uh, and you can succeed in the in the classroom you can shoot for your four o's really propel, propel your professional life uh the person who t talked to me said you can only really do two of the three of those so you got to choose which it is and and whether it's school and hockey whether it's hockey and social life or whether it's social life and um and school uh schooling you're going to be giving up one facet of that and uh um i was fortunate uh that that hockey was one of the ones that i chose to to kind of put a lot of uh my intention towards and um yeah definitely uh, it panned out and played out well for me and uh extremely thankful to scotty garrow for uh for recruiting me in the first place and giving me that up that opportunity well, that's incredible. Yeah, that's uh, that'd be that'd be cool just to just to see that tradition with the newspapers. There's obviously some pretty interesting ones all across yeah, <laughs> the NCAA yeah. and stuff. Okay, uh, my, my favorite my favorite one was they would just whenever we played Brown University, they would just chant "Poop is Brown." <laughs> <laughs> Just that yes. simple, eh? Just, just, just <laughs> toilet humor, and I found it very, very hilarious. That's 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 pretty good. Sometimes simpler is better. Okay, <laughs> uh, Ben. As always, you've been very generous with your time. Uh, awesome interview, uh, as always. Uh, of course, I'm going to bug you a, a, again at some point because you're always great to talk to. Uh, just quickly remind everybody what you're up to these days around town here. Oh, I've got a lot going on. I do a lot with the Oilers alumni. They have a, a robust system uh, that they've got us, uh, you know, a lot of good uh, events that we get to go to, playing good golf tournaments and, uh, and different uh, hockey tournaments ar around the city. Hockey helps the homeless last year, the Alzheimer's tournament. Uh, I'm doing some pregame and postgame analysis on Oilers Plus, the new streaming app for the Oilers. Uh, I'm doing some coaching uh, in the AJ around town as well. Uh, and I've got a cool new opportunity with the NHL Alumni Association doing some uh, some peer support work. Uh, so those details are still getting ironed out, but uh, very fortunate to still have uh, uh, quite a bit quite a bit of my life uh, revolving around hockey uh, these days. Ben, good for you. Thanks for this, and we'll talk soon, man. I'll probably see you around the rink. Perfect. Thanks, Reed. Great chat with former Oilers goaltender Ben Scrivens. Well, I didn't expect that. Who is Brown? It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. That's how his fans at Cornell used to mock the team from Brown. They would simply chant, who is Brown? Simpler is better, folks. I'm telling you, simpler is better. 1-1 Boston-Toronto halfway through the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. Oil Kings, big night coming up for them. Andrew Peters, their play-by-play -play voice, he's going to check in. We're going to play Name the Animal a little bit later on, and Kellen Kennedy is secretly compiling your favorite conspiracy theories, and we'll run through, the, run through those later on in the program. Stick around, folks.